Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Now, during the last two weeks, we've all been blessed, I think, and encouraged by seeing how we often have to work through difficult circumstances, whether it's provision because we have a need or whether it's sickness and we need healing. And I know there's been a great response to those two messages. And I'm going to continue uh, this week by speaking about something that causes a lot of noise within us, how to deal with opposition. Now, Jesus warns us that we are all going to experience opposition as Christians, that it's wonderful for us to be able to participate in all the blessings and the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus, but to share in his life means also that we share in to an extent to the suffering and the persecution and the rejection that he experienced. And he warned his disciples, he warned his followers that that would be the case. But we need to know how to deal with those situations, sometimes extreme, even can be at times traumatic situations, which cause so much noise within us, so much conflict that we have to work through. But before I get to the message, I'm going to give you a couple of bits of testimony. These are true things that have happened uh, in the experience, my experience, experience of Kingdom Faith. And I'm calling this whole message Winners and Losers. But I'm giving you these bits of testimony because I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what situation that we're in, which makes it appear we're great losers, God is able to take losers and make them into winners. So we, we need not only to know how to deal with the negative situations that sometimes confront us, but we also need to see and believe how God will turn us from losers into winners. Fairly early on in the history of Kingdom Faith Church, there was an occasion when one of the members of the church came to see me. Now, he wasn't in the leadership. He wasn't in any position of, uh, of particular note. He was just a member of the congregation. He came to see me and, and sat in my, in my office and he said, Pastor Colin, I've just received news that my 17-year-old son, who is on holiday with some friends in the Canary Islands, was stabbed and killed yesterday. Now, that's a pretty extreme situation you would say that this man was a loser because he'd lost, <laughs> I mean, what could be more precious to him than a son? But then he said to me, 
I want you to pray for me because I need to go to the Canary Islands. I need to get permission to be given favor to get permission to go and see the young man who killed my son. I need to tell him that I forgive him and he needs the Lord. I need to give him the gospel. I need to lead him to Christ. You see, that man was not a loser, even though in the natural he'd lost what was most precious to him. He was a winner because he met the negative, very extreme negative situation with the positive response of God's love, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's forgiveness. You can say, well, the man had amazing grace and so he did. And God did give him favor. At first, the authorities wouldn't let him see uh, the murderer, but eventually they did. And he went to him and, and did all that he wanted to do in expressing that forgiveness and, and giving him the gospel, leading him to Christ. A few years later, my wife and I were on holiday in the Canaries because he, when he came back, he said, I need to go and live out there because there's so many people out there that need the gospel. So he did do that and we actually happened to meet him in the street when we were on holiday and were able to catch up with what God had been doing with him uh, while he'd been out there since that occasion. What appeared to be a really losing situation, spiritually speaking, became a victorious one. That man was a winner. He was not a loser. The other situation is quite different. On one of my visits to Argentina, when I was speaking in some of the revival churches there, I was taken with a small group of pastors to visit a prison where a revival had been taking place of about the two and a half thousand inmates in this men's prison, 1,500 had been born again the Spirit of God was just moving right the way through that prison. And when we arrived, we were shown into the office and there on the office wall was a, a big chart of the, um, of, of the prison. And uh, on this chart, they had all the various floors and the whole of some floors of this prison were just named evangelical. And on those floors, uh, the prison, there was no prison staff. There were just inmates who had become pastors to the other prisoners on that floor, all of whom they'd led to the Lord or had been led to the Lord as the Spirit moved through the, uh, through the prison. And we had the privilege of going on to one of these floors and, and on each floor, there were quite a number, a, a lot of, of, of prisoners. Uh, and there was a, a dining room on each floor that they had turned into their chapel. And they would spend the day in the Word and, and um, uh, praying for people, praying for the church, praying for, for us and for others that visited them. 
And uh, the pastor of this particular um, floor prayed later, prayed for me. Now, as I've moved about internationally around the world, I've had many, many people pray for me in different situations. But never had I had the power of God hit me in such a way when this man prayed for me. Now, his story was this. He was in prison because he had shot and murdered two policemen and had wounded another. In coming into the prison, he'd been led to the Lord and had in due course been uh, elected by, I think, the other prisoners into this position of being their pastor. He really packed an enormous spiritual punch. Now, can you imagine a more desperate, losing situation than being a murderer to policemen? And the man said to me, um, uh, I know they'll never let me out of here. So they, they can't find enough evidence to actually prosecute me. But I've confessed and admitted to the crime, so they won't let me out. But they neither, neither have they ever charged me, neither has there been a court case. But he said, I know the Lord has forgiven me. And all I could do is write to the families and ask them to forgive me and to pray for them and to believe that they will come right through to the Lord. That man was a real loser. I mean, he was a double-time loser, wasn't he? But he became a winner. He became a winner because he knew of the mercy and the forgiveness of God for himself. And this made him want to impact the lives of others with the mercy and the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. Now, if God can turn losers like that into winners, you need not be afraid of admitting to yourself that sometimes you lose. But if you lose, you don't become a loser. You can become a winner as soon as you begin to apply the truth that you know of the gospel the truth of who Jesus is and of what he has done. Now, let's just take one or two common scenarios. One of the things that most people find it most difficult to deal with is rejection. Now, I think just about everybody at some point in their lives experiences rejection. I've probably experienced more rejection than most of you, if not any of you, because the more God uses somebody, the more rejection that they experience. The most rejected person who ever walked on the face of the earth was Jesus Christ. He was crucified because he was rejected. He was rejected by the religious people and ultimately he was rejected by the world. But he overcame that rejection as his glorious resurrection, 
demonstrated. But Jesus never let the rejection get to him. He never, he never allowed the way he was being rejected to define him. He was defined by the truth. He was defined by his relationship with the Father, not by the events or circumstances of what happened to him. And the same is true for us. We are defined by our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not defined by the circumstances that happen to us. But what Jesus teaches is that you face every negative situation with a positive response. That if when you're in a negative situation, you react negatively, you're a loser. But if in the situation you react positively, you're a winner. Now, let's think for a moment of what Jesus said about forgiveness. That if you forgive any who wrong you, speak against you, treat you in, in any sinful way, if you forgive them, are you a winner or a loser? Well, clearly you're a winner. It's not pleasant being on the receiving end of that negativity, but you win because you overcome the negativity by, exp by expressing the mercy, the forgiveness, the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are overcoming because you're being obedient to the very thing that Jesus tells you to do in the Word. Now, just look at uh, this scripture here from Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well now, those are pretty extreme things. Persecuting, saying all things, kind of false things about you, gossiping about you, spreading false rumours about you. Oh, I've had that done to me a lot of times, as, as I expect many of you have. People doing all kinds of evil things against you. What does Jesus say? Well, we know he says forgive, but he also says rejoice. Look at, look at this scripture from Luke chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Blessed are you, when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. Leap for joy, great is your reward in heaven. You see, one of the things I've learned to do is every time anybody persecutes me or does something uh, negatively against me. I say, thank you, Lord. I rejoice in you and I thank you that my reward in heaven is going to be even greater now because that's your word. See, you can meet the negative with the positive. 
That would make me a winner. That will make you a winner. See, what does Jesus say? Two things. When any of these negative things happen to you, two things you need to do. First, forgive. Second, rejoice. Forgive, rejoice. Forgive, rejoice. Forgive, rejoice. Just remember that. If you remember nothing else I say this morning, remember that. Forgive, rejoice. A positive response to a negative situation. Now, that's because you are refusing to allow that negativity to become part of you and define you, define your feelings, define your reactions. In the natural, you will have negative feelings when any of those things happen. Of course you will. Nobody likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to be persecuted. Nobody likes to be gossiped about in a wrong way. Nobody likes to be falsely accused. Of course you're going to feel negativity, but you're going to overcome the negativity. You're not going to allow that negativity to define you. You're not going to allow it to eat away inside you. You're going to overcome. You're going to be a winner because you forgive and you rejoice. Now, Jesus, of course, goes even further than that. And this you can see in the testimonies that that I began this message with. He says, bless them. Bless them. Those people that did these things to you, don't resent them. Don't get all angry and, 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 and uptight. Bless them. Meet the negative with the positive. Let me tell you, as soon as you start to forgive and rejoice and bless, the noise inside you ceases. Why? Because you're winning. You're not losing. So Jesus says, bless them. And you see, when you bless others, you yourself are blessed. You're sowing blessing, you'll reap blessing. Bless them. And then Jesus goes even further. Pray for them. Forgive. Rejoice. Bless them. Pray for them. Let's take another scenario. Supposing somebody in the congregation gets upset. Something happens. Perhaps somebody hurts them inadvertently or something doesn't go their way. Things aren't working out in the way that they want. So they get all uptight. They feel hurt, resentful. They may take offence, and sadly, sometimes they may choose to leave. Of course, what the Word of God says is if they go out from you, they never really belong to you. Their hearts were not at one with your heart. And sometimes God, you know, allows negative circumstances to arise in our lives to test the nature of our hearts. 
to test where we're really at. And situations like this can be a test. You see, if you take offense, you haven't forgiven. You're not rejoicing. You haven't blessed those that caused the offense. And instead of praying for them, you're resenting them. So this is not love. This is not obedience to God's word. So does that make the person a winner or a loser? Well, they're a loser. And if they go out, they'll take their negative attitudes into another congregation. And if they haven't learned their lesson, probably the whole process will get repeated again. And that's why you find some people go from one place to another place to another place to another place. Why? Because whenever negative situations arise, instead of meeting it with a positive and becoming winners, they meet it negatively. And so they're losers. And if they're losers in their hearts, they will always be losers until they repent and understand that it's important for us to take to heart what Jesus teaches. Because only by fulfilling the word of God can we live as his children, as those who belong to the kingdom. We can't be followers of Jesus if we're constantly disagreeing with what he says because we don't put his word into practice. I mean, that's common sense, isn't it? If we follow Jesus, if we say Jesus is Lord, if we're really grateful for our salvation, then we want to put the word of God into practice in our lives. So now you see, we're, we're, we're getting the picture of what it means to be a winner. A winner is someone who forgives and rejoices. He blesses and prays. He loves and obeys. That's what makes you a winner. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what situation, if, 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 if I told you some of the situations that have confronted me in my ministry, you probably find it difficult to believe. But it's only by having to face so many negative situations like this that God, by His wonderful grace and mercy, has enabled me to become a winner. And yes, there are times when sometimes your immediate reaction means that you lose it. Just momentarily, you lose it because there's a negative reaction within you. But if you know the Word of God and if you love Jesus and if you really want to see the Word of God fulfilled in your life, that's not going to be a situation that's going to continue for long. You will very quickly have a change of mind. You'll come back to the Word and you'll say, Oh Lord, forgive me for that negative reaction. Forgive me for those negative thoughts. Forgive me for those, the negative things I, I might have said. But now, Lord, I'm back where I need to be. I'm forgiving, I'm rejoicing, I'm blessing and I'm praying for those that have treated me in the wrong way. 
Lord, I want your love to pour out of me. And, and love can't pour out of me if I don't forgive. Love can't pour out of me if I'm being resentful. Love can't, can't pour out of me if I'm listening to all the negative noise and giving expression to that instead of the positive truth of your word and your spirit. See, you remember those five voices that we spoke about a few weeks ago. The voice of self, the voice of the enemy, the voice of the world. They're all negative. They all will, will impact you negatively. You see, that, that self-life will, will rise up negatively when there's opposition and you have to overcome that self-life. You have to overcome that noise with the truth of God's Word. And, and that means you put it into practice, not just you quote scriptures, but you really forgive and you really rejoice. You really bless them. You're not just saying it because, well, this is the right thing to do and I'll get through this if I do it. No, no, no. It has to come from your heart. You're really rejoicing in the Lord. You're really blessing. You want to bless them. I've spent, sometimes I've spent days on my face before God, crying out for Him to be merciful to people that have treated me in a wrong way because I've known that their lives, even their lives, are, can be in danger if they don't come to a, a really repentance and, and, and to know the love and forgiveness of God in their situations. Blessing them and praying for them, not, not resenting them. It's not easy, it's not easy to have to work through situations like that and I'm not pretending it is. But you see, are we going to live by our natural feelings or are we going to live by the Word of God? Are we going to listen to the voice of the Word and the voice of the Spirit or are we going to be victims of self and victims of the devil and victims of the world? Because you see, when these negative things happen to us, whether in, in church situations or whether in world situations, the devil will always exploit that. The devil will, will, will cause those feelings of self-pity. I, I tell people, you know, because I've come across so many in my ministry, so many Christians whose lives are being ruined by self-pity. I say self-pity is spiritual cancer. Self-pity. Pity eats away at you spiritually, just like cancer can eat away at a person's body. Get rid of all self-pity. It will never, ever do you any good. You see, if you feel sorry for yourself, that's negative. You're a loser. Every time you're a victim of self-pity, you're a loser. You're not a winner. And you see, God's love for you is such, He never wants you to be a loser. He never wants you to lose in any situation. He always wants you to be a winner. You see, on the cross, it looked as if Jesus had lost. If you want to put it this way, He became a loser that we might become winners. So we don't have to be losers. We can be winners. All we have to do 
is to put the Word of God into operation. And you have the life and power of God's Spirit within you. And the Spirit is the Spirit of truth who guides us into all the truth. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. And He not only reminds us of those words, but He enables us to then put those words into operation. And you know, he is described as, uh, one of the ways in which the Spirit is described is, uh, is as our helper. And he will always help you to overcome. He will help you to be a winner. You know, the Scripture says that God has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God's intention is that we live in victory. We live as winners. We live as those who overcome. And you know, this, this becomes contagious. Paul speaks in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 10, of how when, when others forgive, he joins with them in, in uh, forgiveness. Listen to this. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have given, forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. You see, what we do when we forgive is we, we help to perpetuate a, a, an atmosphere of, of forgiveness, of mercy, of compassion. When we're bitter and resentful, we are spreading negative vibes. We, we will speak negatively because we're thinking negatively and we're giving way to negative feelings. And when we do that, we're losing. But you see, when we're losing, we can actually have a negative impact upon others around them. And if they become contaminated by the negative things that we are saying, which is how gossip spreads from one person to another, then they become losers because they've listened to us speaking as losers. Whereas when we speak as winners, when we're being merciful, when we're forgiving, when we're overcoming, when, when we're actually walking and trusting Jesus and living as winners, then we are spreading positive vibes all around us. We're helping to create a positive atmosphere, a positive ethos. And this is what God wants to see in, in this church and in every church a positive ethos where people are living the Word of God, where they're expressing the Word of God. Forgive, rejoice. Bless, pray. Love, obey. And you see, in those ways, what we're demonstrating is that we trust Jesus. That even in those most traumatic of situations, we trust Jesus. And what you will find, my friends, is that His Word always works. I can assure you, when you do those things, forgive, rejoice, bless, pray, love, obey, there'll be no noise. 
Those negative voices of self, of the devil and the world are silenced. You're a winner. Now, dear ones, are you winning in every situation in your life at present? Are there any situations where, come on, if you're honest, at present, you're losing. Well, now, in these next few minutes, you can change that losing situation into a winning one. Even if listening to a message like this, you say, well, I'm a loser, that loser can become a winner. L listen to me, listen. I see people sometimes getting upset because things haven't gone their way or because a word of correction has been spoken into their life. And you know, the Word of God says we should be thankful when somebody in love speaks a word of correction. It's God showing His love for us. But sometimes people get all uptight because they don't want to be corrected, even when they've done something that's, that's amiss. I see people getting upset about the most trifling little things, building them up, making them into some great thing. And, and sometimes, you know, people are going to get hurt, not because others intentionally hurt them, but sometimes simply through ignorance. One of the most difficult things in leadership is people can sort of judge you because you haven't done this or that or the other and you, you weren't even aware of the situation. Nobody had told you, you didn't know. There can be all kinds of situations like that that arise. All these, these negative things and, and, and sometimes they, they might seem important but really when you compare them to your son being murdered. How, how, can you, how can you think this little incident causes me to be resentful and bitter and angry? And there is a man that had his son murdered and he's full of forgiveness and rejoicing in the Lord. He's wanting to bless the murderer and is already praying that he would come to Christ. The love of God is abounding in his heart. So he's ready to go out there, not to confront the murderer, but to bless the murderer. And he wants to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. How can you compare the trifling little things that people have to put up with because their feelings have got hurt. How can you compare that with a situation like this? Sometimes I listen to people and I'm thinking about that incident and I think, oh, my dear, my dear, 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 beloved one, if only, if only you could hear yourself and to understand just how negative you are being and how disobedient to God's Word. 
And how you are the loser. So, let's make sure that we live to win. That it doesn't matter what gets thrown at us, whether it's in church or out church. I, I can remember I was speaking in one conference uh, some, some years ago and uh, another international leader, I won't mention any names, but, but he said, when people join my church, I warn them of one thing. I said, while you're a member of this church, you are bound to get upset. You are bound to have somebody hurt you. You are bound to find that things will not go your way because unfortunately, we do not all live in perfection yet. But what I'm telling you is if you are going to be a member of this church, when those things happen, you will forgive and you will not walk away. Oh, those were words of wisdom, weren't they? So, beloved, we're going to pray now. And what we want in kingdom faith is no losers. And even when people come into the kingdom of God, out of the world, where they might have lived as losers, like that man that mur murdered the, the police, they're going to become winners because they're going to come out of an environment of the world into the environment of faith here where we're living as winners and where we're showing people by our example, this is how you overcome. When negative things afflict you, when negative things come against you, you're not listening to all the noise of self, of the devil, of the world. You're listening to the Word of God. You're listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're putting this Word into practice so that all the negative noise is overcome by the positive truth. So, beloved, are you ready for some victory? Come on, let's pray. Just close your eyes where you are. If there are situations that have come to mind even while I've been speaking, you don't have to say a whole lot to God, just say, Lord, forgive me for my negative reaction. Please forgive me for my negative thoughts. Forgive me for judging. And Lord, it's awesome that you say I will be judged in the same way that I judge others. Forgive me for judging, forgiving me, forgive me for criticizing, forgiving me for spreading negative things about other people. Forgive me if ever I've created a negative ethos around me instead of a positive one. Forgive me, Lord, if my negativity has had a negative effect upon other people. And I thank you, Lord, that your forgiveness has eradicated all that negativity out of my life right now. And Lord, if there's been situations where I have lost in the past, I thank you that you've forgiven me those situations no longer exist. Now, Lord, I thank you that by your mercy and grace, from this moment on, I'm going to become a winner. So now, Lord, I'm putting your word into practice. And I choose to forgive 
any and all who have ever offended me, hurt me, rejected me, spoken evil of me, unjustly, any negative thing that has been directed at me, I forgive. And I rejoice, Lord. I rejoice in you because your love is always the same. You will never reject me. No matter what I have done, you never reject me. You are always merciful. Your, your, your mercy is new to me every morning, every day. And I thank you, Lord. I rejoice in you. And I thank you, Lord, that when you allow opposition in my life, it throws me into deeper dependence upon you. So, Lord, now I bless. I bless them, all those that have hurt me. If, if there's anybody that I've been holding on to something deep in my heart, any negative thing, Lord, I not only forgive them, but I ask you to bless them. I don't just pray that you would deal with them. I pray that you will bless them. That you will cause good to come into their life. That Jesus, Jesus will pour blessing into their lives in whatever way is needed at this time. I pray for them, Lord. I pray for them that they will become winners, not losers. And Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit gives me a love for all those that have wronged me, persecuted me, done evil to me. I love them, Lord. Thank you. That's not natural. That's not the self, that's not the enemy, that's not the world, that's you. That's Christ in me. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank him. Thank you for that love, because God has poured that love into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, I love them. And I love you, Lord. And I love to obey your word. I love to put your word into practice. And I thank you, Lord, that you revive me. You turned a loser into a winner. And by your grace, in the future, I'm always going to win. Because you are always with me. And I live in you. And you're the winner. And you live in me. The winner is in me. So I'm not going to give expression to the losers, but only to the divine winner who lives within me. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord, that winning silences the negative noise. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. 
For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.